Stuart towards the end of the message. Amen. Acts chapter 3. Wonderful to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Amen. New faces and old friends, we love you very much. Thank you for being here today. And our youth are going to remain with us in the sanctuary. And God bless them. Amen. We love them very, very much. Amen. Acts chapter 3. We're going to read the first 10 verses. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Amen. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I am thoroughly enjoying the presence of God that we feel in this place already this morning. And I believe that God has a great, amen, more in store for us before we leave here today. Amen. I specifically felt... For this Power Sunday, the thought from God of divine direction. We've come today for divine direction. It's our desire to be inspired by the Spirit, to hear from the Lord today. There's a lot of voices. There's a lot of people talking. There's a lot of signs and signals telling us this or that. But we need to hear from the Lord. We need to know that the Lord is directing our path. And I believe that God's going to do that for everyone who wants him to do that today. If you believe that, that's all right. Clap your hands and let's let the Lord know. Lord, we thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Three people, give them a high five, smile, tell them you love them. Amen. Everybody said divine direction. direction. Say it one more time. Divine direction. direction. You may be seeking specific answers to specific questions today. Or you may be looking for general guidance in your life. You may need a miracle. Somebody may have already received a miracle in this house this morning. But yet maybe... There are others that still are looking for a miracle to take place in their life, perhaps in their heart, maybe a miracle in their mind. We are in the presence of a God that is more than enough. We are in the presence of the only wise God. Somebody say the only wise God. When the Apostle Paul penned the words of God to young Timothy, 
when he wrote out what would be direction for Timothy and direction for us. He was directed by the Holy Spirit, and he was writing, and he began to make something very clear. He started out by making this clear in 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. This is the faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might be shown forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Amen. If you've been paying attention, this verse has come up somewhat routinely in recent messages. It wasn't because I planned it that way. It's just the way it has worked, I believe, under the anointing of God. That God is reminding all of us that we need to have an attitude regarding ourselves And that attitude should be one of humility and one of humbleness and one that understands very clear that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, if I did not have the grace of God, if I did not have the cross of Calvary, if the blood was not shed, Lord God, I don't know where I'd be. Amen. And so we've seen this verse a few times. But the Apostle Paul wants to make that very clear to Timothy. He wants to tell Timothy, before I tell you what I'm going to tell you next, I want you to understand that I am nothing, Timothy. I want you to understand that I am the chiefest of sinners and that I am nothing special. And then he goes on and he says to Timothy, once he has made that clear, in verse 17, he says, Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul says to his young protege in the faith, this young man who looked up to Paul with a, a, a great admiration, this young man who would follow the Apostle anywhere, Paul says, I need to clear something up with you first of all, Timothy, that you don't need to think I'm really anything special. And you don't need to think that I'm the one that has the power. And you, don't, you shouldn't be thinking that it's because I have the right name, the pedigree, the money, or the position uh, that you should follow me. But he says, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Uh, but now that we've cleared that up, hallelujah, let me tell you about the king eternal. Let me tell you about the one immortal, invisible, the only wise God, Timothy, because he's the one uh, who deserves the honor. Come on, somebody. He's the one that deserves the honor and the glory for I wish we would take another five seconds right now and give the Lord some honor and some glory in this place. Come on, somebody, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Unto the King, eternal, immortal, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. When you're looking for life direction that is real, when you're looking for life direction that is honest and helpful and unapologetic, when you desire divine direction, there's only one place to go. The Apostle Paul says you got to go to the King Eternal. The King Eternal is the King of ages. He is the Eternal King, the King of eternity, meaning you don't have to question uh, 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 if he's able to do it, and meaning also that your question that you have for him today uh, is not somehow specific or somehow so pointed that nobody else has ever asked it. I want you to look at your neighbor right in the eye and say, you're, you're not that special. (laughs) 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 That's fun. 
you can do some things with a microphone in your hand. <laughs> the King Eternal has seen it before. The King Eternal has heard what you're about to ask him for. He's heard that prayer before. Somebody else has battled what you're battling. Somebody else has gone through what you've gone through. And let me just be clear. Somebody else has received their miracle. Somebody else has heard from God. The King Eternal has moved upon somebody else's life. It may have been this week. It may have been 500 years ago. I don't know. But I need you to understand today that when you come up here to pray, you're coming to the King Eternal. Hallelujah. He's the King of Eternity. The one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come the almighty God. You don't have to worry about if your issue is somehow bigger than him. There is nothing bigger than our God. The king eternal. What you're looking for, he has it. He has it. The answer you need, he has it. He's the king eternal. He's immortal, which means he's incorruptible which means he's not subject to the corruption of death. Hallelujah. I mean, the things that we fear the most, he's not concerned with. The thing that we're most afraid of, he's not concerned with. Uh, the surety of death, uh, as it applies to us, uh, it does not apply to him. Amen. The surety that all of us uh, are going to have a demise at some point uh, does not apply to the immortal, uh, the incorruptible God of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. In the beginning, uh, hallelujah, God created the heavens and the earth uh, before anything was. Uh, he says, I am. Uh, he is the ever-present help uh, in time of trouble. The I am that I am. Hallelujah. Incorruptible. Not operating in fear. Not worried if he's going to be able to help us today. He's not concerned about whether or not he is going to be able to meet our needs. That is not a concern that he feels. When you are immortal, you can give direction from the right perspective. When you are incorruptible, when you don't have to be afraid of time and death and space, when you can look, hallelujah, from your throne in heaven down upon the span of history and time, you don't have to worry about giving the wrong answer. There is no wrong answer when it comes from God. No wrong answer. He is the king, eternal, immortal. He is invisible in the sense that God is a spirit. Amen. God is a spirit. They that worship him, the Bible tells us, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, amen. But since the direction you're looking for right now seems to be invisible to you, since the direction we came here seeking is something we haven't been able to see, then we've got a God who can operate in the invisible. Oh, Hallelujah. He knows the unknowable. He sees the unseeable. He speaks the unspeakable. And so Paul says, you know what? He's really just the only wise God. He is the one who alone is God. Paul says, I need you to understand something, young Timothy, that no matter what you come up against, no matter what you face, if you go through something you never saw me go through, if they attack you from an angle they never attacked me from, you need to understand God still got you. He's under control. He can take care of it. He's got the right answer. He can give you the direction. You can trust in the Lord. Oh, if you believe that, clap your hands unto him. It will be the same process that you and I will need to assume today. 
If we are to receive divine direct direction from the Lord, we will need to follow the example that Paul sets forth in stating, I am a chief sinner. And thankfully, Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Hallelujah. Amen. If, if, if you weren't able to say the second part, it would be a whole lot harder to say the first part, wouldn't it? If you just had to say, I am a chief sinner, and that was the end of the story, it would be a whole lot harder to say it, to admit it, to acknowledge it. But thankfully, we have a God, hallelujah, that came into this world to save sinners. And so I'm telling you today, if we can find a place of humility and humbleness today where we can call upon the name of the Lord with honesty and say, Lord, I know I am a chief sinner. I know I have failed you. I know that part of the problem that I'm dealing with is of my own doing. I know that I've made bad choices and I've done things I shouldn't have done. I understand it's outside of my control. But Lord, I'm thankful today that you came into the world to save a sinner like me. I'm thankful today that I can be cleansed, that I can be washed, that I can be renewed. I'm thankful today that I got a God who loves me this much, who would come down from his throne, robe himself in flesh, and hang on a cross because he came for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Because he came for me. Amen. We have a God who can do anything. We have a God who can do anything. Amen. He once had a a, a lame person in front of him, and he spoke to the person's uh, spiritual issue first. He spoke to the sin issue first. And the people around him, uh, the haughty uh, people, the the people who were always trying to trap him, the people who didn't like him, uh, they immediately latched onto that, uh, that how could he deal with with the the sinfulness of a person uh, and the spiritual aspect of a person. uh, Amen. And he says, well, let me go ahead and heal him then. If I go ahead and heal him, well, then will you believe then that I was able to deal with the other? If I raise him up and allow him to walk out of here, will you believe then uh, that I'm able also to touch the heart uh, and I'm able to touch the mind? I've come to tell somebody in this house today, your issue may not be physical. Your issue may be of the mind. It may be of the heart. It may be of the soul. But you hear this pastor today, you got a God who can do all of it. You got a God who can do all of it. You got a God who created, hallelujah, every aspect of your being and mine. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows what's been running into your mind. He knows what burden you've been carrying. He knows the weight in your soul. And you've got a God who is able to do it all. He's able to do it all. Amen. He can do the physical, the spiritual, the emotional. He can do everything that we need him to do, including give me divine direction. And give us divine direction before we leave here today. We must acknowledge him here in this place. It's it's of most utmost importance that we acknowledge the Lord if we want to receive direction. Proverbs 3, maybe you've memorized it, maybe you've seen it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Step two, lean not unto thine own understanding. Step three, in all thy ways 
acknowledge him. And then he takes care of step four. And he shall direct thy path. Hallelujah. And so there is involvement today. We have a role to play in the process of receiving divine direction. One of the things that people are missing out so much on today is our role in the miraculous. We have come into a time and a society and a culture that the number of people that believe in the miraculous has dropped dramatically. But even a high percentage of those who believe in the miraculous see it as only something that God does all on his own and that we have no part in it. But I'm reminded of the same story that I mentioned a moment ago that the only reason why the man was even in the house was because four of his closest family members or friends picked him up on the bed that he laid on, carried him to the house that Jesus was, brought him up on the roof because the crowd would not allow them in, tore a hole in the roof, and lowered him down to the feet of Jesus. And it was in that place at that time that Jesus did a miracle in his life. Amen. I'm reminded of a man who was on the side of the road begging and he would cry out for homes, but he heard that Jesus was coming by. And when he heard Jesus was coming by, he cried out and said, Jesus, uh, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Uh, he cried out to Jesus as Jesus was passing him by. I remember the old song that said, reach out uh, and touch the Lord uh, as he passes by. Uh, it was a reminder every time we sang it that Jesus, uh, our God, is everywhere, that he fills all time and space, but I have to operate in faith and reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by, even while they told the blind man that he should quiet down and go back into the shadows and shut up. The Bible says he cried out even the louder, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me, and he was healed that day. And he was healed that day. We have a role a part that we have to play, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. It's a heart thing that is involved here today. It's got to move beyond the mind. It's got to move beyond our ability to think our way to our answer. If we could have thought up the answer, we wouldn't be here. Oh, hallelujah. If you could have thought your way to it, you wouldn't need Jesus. If you had it all figured out, if everything was working great, oh, hallelujah. If your relationships were just smooth sailing, if your marriage was strong, if you had the home all together, if you had a strong mind, if you were walking around with confidence and faith and joy in the Holy Ghost, if everything in your life was great, we don't need Power Sunday. Am I right? Amen. But the reason we understand that we need Power Sunday is because we understand that no matter who we are and no matter where we are, 
And no matter what we have, we're walking around, the Bible says, in these earthen vessels, these vessels of clay. We're walking around in these vessels that are easily broken, easily scarred, easily messed up. But thanks be to God, I've got a Lord and Savior who says, if I will just trust in him with all my heart and lean not unto my own understanding, but if I trust in the Lord and I put my confidence in him, he will answer me today. Somebody say, he will. Amen. And so we have to trust him with all of our heart, but beyond trusting him, we must also deny ourselves. Everybody say, God is God, and I am not. Say it again, God is God, and I am not. Amen. Not only do we have to trust in the Lord, but the Bible says we have to deny ourselves and lean not under our own understanding. Amen. That's one of the areas that some people are going to get tripped up on today, but I hope you get past it. It's my prayer that you'll get past it, that when you begin to acknowledge the Lord, but then you have to deny yourself. In fact, it says in the next verse of Proverbs 3 and 7, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Be not wise in thine own lies, but fear the Lord. Why? Why fear the Lord? Because fearing the Lord is the best corrective measure of our own wisdom. Fearing the Lord is the best way uh, we get back on track. It's the best way uh, we remember that God is God and I am not. Uh, it's the best way uh, that we acknowledge that I made some really bad choices this month, this week. Uh, I made some really bad choices, uh, and now I'm paying for those choices. Uh, and because not only does it correct us, uh, but it also motivates us to depart from evil when I have an appropriate fear of the Lord and awe of the Lord uh, and humbleness before the Lord, uh, then I understand uh, that I have to depart from evil. It means I might have to come up here looking for divine direction, but I might have to repent of some sins before I get my divine direction. I may have to ask God to forgive me and cleanse me before I get my divine direction because I need to depart from evil. I need to be corrected so that he can put me on the right course. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Job 28 and 28 and unto Man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and it apart from evil is understanding. The fear of the Lord is wisdom. Departing from evil is understanding. Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Oh, hallelujah. In a little while, we will come forward and seek the Lord for divine direction. If we come forward to tell God how it should be, it will not work. If we come forward only ready to listen for what we want to hear, it will not work. Oh, hallelujah. To get divine direction, we must acknowledge that we don't have the answer already. This is perhaps the second most common reason people don't hear from God. It's hard to hear from the Lord when you only talk with yourself. <laughs> sorry if that stung a little bit. I mean, I'm not sorry I said it. I'm just sorry if it stung a little bit. It's hard to hear from God when we're telling him all of our plans and everything that should happen and the way it should go, 
It's hard for him to speak. It's hard for him to say what he thinks. I don't know about you, but I get a little weary of my own voice. Please don't say amen too loud on that. And I heard Brother Kermis say it really loud. So I'm marking that down right now. I didn't say if you get tired of hearing my voice. I said I get tired of hearing my voice. It's different. I do get a little weary sometimes of being presented with issues and problems and difficulties and challenges and trying to think my way through to the answer and trying to figure it all out and jot down notes and and think about what I remember from the past and other situations and and I spend an hour doing that until God's like, okay, are are you done with that yet? I'm just going to be here waiting on you to get done with that. And then I'll tell you, if you want to know, God, that's, do you ever feel that way? I feel like God sometimes just sitting up there saying, whenever you really want to know, I'll tell you, but you're going to have to stop talking. You're going to have to stop thinking you got it all figured out or that you can figure it out. Let me tell this to someone else. God's saying, you're going to have to stop talking to everybody else asking everybody else, getting everybody else's opinion. I know that in the multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. That's Bible. That's Scripture. I get that. But counselors, that you might want to study that word out a little bit. Amen. That doesn't just mean whoever's in front of you at the moment. It doesn't just mean whoever will listen. It doesn't just mean go knock on your neighbor's door and pour your guts out to them. No, in the multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. Amen. There has got to be, amen, some godly wisdom there for them to give it to you. The counselors have to have some wisdom. I I know I got off a little bit on a tangent, but I just felt a little inspired there for a second. Amen. Amen. The, The counselor has to have some wisdom before they can give some wisdom. Amen. Amen. And so we have to make sure, as he is saying here, that, 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 that we have to make sure that we're able to not only uh, uh, come, but we have to deny ourselves and that we have to stop talking and we have to stop telling God how we want it to be. And we have to start realizing that I serve a mighty big God uh, who knows more than I know, sees more than I see, uh, has more power than I have, uh, is full of wisdom and truth. Uh, I'm nothing. He is everything. Uh, I must decrease uh, so that my God can increase in my life and that's why I'm here today I want to see God increase I want to see more of God I want to hear more of God oh hallelujah amen that's perhaps the second most common reason people don't hear from the Lord the main reason of course is fear and that's just because we we fear the wrong things we fear God's direction when we should fear our own Amen. I, I think most of us have lived long enough by now to know we should be more afraid of what we think than what God thinks. Have, have, have we gone down enough wrong roads? Have we fallen into enough pits? Have we got in enough traps yet? Amen. Have we made enough bad decisions that we realize that maybe I'm just not that smart? Maybe I need to hear from the Lord. Maybe I need a God. Amen. I'm not afraid of what God has to say. I'm afraid of what I have to say. I'm afraid of what man has to say, but I'm not afraid of what God has to say. I want to hear from the Lord. That's why I came today on Power Sunday, and that's what I'm trying to get all of us on board with today. If we can get in one mind and one accord and say, we want to hear from Jesus today. We need to hear the voice of the Lord speak to us. 
Oh, lift your hands for just a second and ask him that. Would you please? Lord, we want to hear from you today. We need divine direction today. Come on, lift your voice just a second. I'll preach a little bit more. Lord, I, we need some divine direction from you today. We want you to speak to our hearts today. We need to get past ourselves, Lord God, that we would acknowledge you today. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The title of the sixth chapter of the book of Jeremiah in many Bibles Perhaps not all, but the title of the chapter is Impending Disaster for Jerusalem. The chapter is about the impending disaster that's coming their way. Why was disaster looming on their horizon? Well, you find out pretty quickly in Jeremiah 6 and 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. <laughs> the reason why impending doom and disaster was on their horizon was because when their God spoke with authority, and power, and said, you need to stand there at the intersection. You need to look down both ways. You need to consider the direction that you're going to go, and you need to ask, hallelujah, for the old paths. They said, we will not. We need to go to prayer today in this altar, and we need to look for God's advice, and that means we need to stand still, and we need to look. We need to look where we are. We need to look at what we really need, not what we think we need, and not where we think we are, but with honesty, we need to acknowledge where we really are and what we really need, and acknowledge that he is able to do it, and we need to stand at that intersection, and we need to consider our options, but don't just say, Sit there and consolidate uh, your thoughts uh, and talk uh, with yourself. Uh, but he says you have to ask. Somebody say ask. You have to ask some specific things. He says when you're standing there at that crossroads, uh, you need to say, Lord, uh, where are the old paths? That means the tried and the true. That means the tested. That means that which God has designed. We need to say, God, I see my path, and I see the world's path, and I see people's ideas of a path, but I don't want path. I want the old path. I want that which has worked from the beginning. I want the path that you designed. He said, you need to ask for the old path, and then you need to ask, where is the good way? Where is the righteous way? Where is the way, Lord, that will be pleasing unto you? Oof. Here some, here some, if they make it this far, here some will once again find themselves perhaps tripped up, and I hope that you persevere through. Lord, where... Where is the good way? Where is the way that pleases you? Not me. Not the world I live in. But what is the path that's going to please you, God? What is the path that is designed for my life purpose? Which one did you create for me? God is offering divine direction. And if we take it, he can change 
everything. A whole new way of seeing life. A whole new perspective. But we must understand that we need the old path, the good way. And so Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man who was lame from his mother's womb was carried there, laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. He was there to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John going into the temple, asked of alms. This was his life plan. This is what he and those who helped him come up with it and pull it off decided that his life was going to be. Every day, we're going to carry you and we're going to lay you down at the gate beautiful at the temple. We'll come and get you later. And tomorrow, we'll do it all again. This was his plan. This was who he was. It's not a, a bad plan if all you're looking for out of life is mere survival. If you're just trying to hold on one more day, just somehow get through another day, it's not a bad plan. They, they took him to where they presumed caring people were going to gather. And, and, and they took him to a busy place where the general public could monitor his welfare. It's a sad state of affairs, but really this type of thing has not changed very much. If you go into any major city in America, you will not have to search for the homeless and the needy. You will not have to search for those who have nowhere to be and nowhere to go, for they will be right out in the busiest places. I've had people many times, my children just recently when we were on a trip, asked me, Dad, why, why do they sleep right there? It's an intersection. There's people walking everywhere. Why are they sleeping right there? And it was beyond a question of homelessness and need. It was why that specific spot. So I explained to them, it's because they feel if they're there, there's less chance of them being beaten, molested, robbed, abused, because they're relying on the general public to somehow kind of watch over them. At least there's a lot of eyes, a lot of people around makes it harder for someone to come and hurt them. And here is this man who cannot defend himself. Here is a man who doesn't seem to have a life purpose beyond being carried every day to the temple and laid down at the beautiful gate that perhaps some caring people that were going in to honor the Lord would put a few alms in his cup. And of course, that the many eyes of those around that gate would be a place of protection for him and mere survival for another day. And so here he was, close to the things of God, near the power of God, around people who loved God, but always somehow still on the outside, attempting to get through life on his own. Satisfied with just a few clinks in the cup, Satisfied with just going through another day saying alms, 
alms, satisfied because he saw no other solution to his difficulty or his problem. No doubt they had tried everything that was available to them. No doubt he had tried everything that he could think of in his own mind. And perhaps there were people who loved him who tried to make the best of of a very, very bad situation. But that doesn't change the fact that he was so close to the things of God, so near the power of God and in the vicinity of the people who love God, but yet he is on the outside and he is going nowhere until Peter and John offered him a new direction. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And oh, what a day. And oh, what a moment. And oh, what a powerful experience for him, for sure. For everyone that was around him, for sure. Peter and John, no doubt, celebrated near his side. Everybody was ecstatic. People said, we know that that is the man who was day daily at the gate, beautiful. But here he is now, walking and leaping and praising God. But we understand there's something else that takes place. As he was offered divine direction. And he opened his heart to receive it. His miracle came bursting into his life. And all the places that he could go with the newfound strength in his legs and his ankles of all the people that he could run to tell about what God had just done for him, the Bible says he entered with them into the temple. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would say to this crowd today that that man who spent every day at the gate beautiful received a whole lot more than a physical healing in his body that day. But he received a physical healing and he also received divine direction. Amen. Because when he leaped up and walked and danced and shouted, he didn't say, I got to go tell mama. I got to go tell daddy. I got to go show my neighbor. I got to go find my own friend. He said, no, I got to go into the temple. I've been sitting outside for too long I want to go in I've got a new direction for my life I've got a new plan for my life I've got a new purpose for my life I've been healed and I've also been given divine direction stand with me and raise your hands into the air and begin to call upon the name of the Lord today amen come on go ahead and just begin to call upon the name of the Lord and the name of Jesus Lord, we worship you. Lord, we honor you today. Lord, we give you praise. You are merciful and kind. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Kermis, Brother Bateman, come on up here. We've done this before. I wasn't necessarily going to do it today but excuse me here on the front row if you don't mind just scooting off to the side just a little bit you pull every one of those chairs in that front row
Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Hello and welcome to Connect Point's podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless.